How do you know you're up to date? When you follow EMS World, you answer that question with confidence. Because when we say EMS World, we mean the whole world of EMS. The remaining question for you is how will you stay up to date? In print, online, at EMS World Expo, the world's largest EMS dedicated conference, and now in a podcast. Welcome to another episode of EMS World Podcasts. I'm your host, Mike McCabe. Today, we have part two of our series with FirstNet. In part one, we discussed what FirstNet was and the huge footprint it has in the emergency services industry. Today, we're going to dive a bit deeper into the platforms, the services, and the products that are available with the FirstNet service line. Back with us today, Mr. Tommy Smith and Mr. Gary McCarraher of FirstNet and FirstNet Authority. Gentlemen, thank you for coming back on with us. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Our pleasure, guys. Obviously, the interoperable network for first responders is is something so valuable. And with that said, the nuts and the bolts and specifically the different types of adjuncts that perform on this platform are extremely relevant and vital, really, for the end user to be aware of. That is really going to be the focus today. Uh, we're going to dive into some of those things. And before we get into that, you know, Tommy, I was wondering if maybe you could just give a quick recap on the first net authority and what that's all about and how that came into being. Yes. Um, thanks, Mike. Um, after the 9-11 event that took place and um, had a huge impact on our country, one of the things that first responders recognized is that there was an inability to con- communicate with different agencies that were responding to the incident to, to assist FDNY and FD uh, police department. And so the, the government passed a law and set aside money to create a public safety broadband network. And FirstNet was formed out of that. That was back in 2012. There was an RFP that was issued. Uh, AT&T bid on the RFP and it was awarded the RFP the contract back in 2017, 2018. And so FirstNet has been around for about four or five years. And if you look at what uh, FirstNet has been able to accomplish in those four, four or five years, it's pretty amazing. And the unique thing about FirstNet is at the inception, uh, first responders were at the table uh, talking about what we need in order to be successful in mitigating any type of disaster that takes place in our country. And so first responders were at the table in the beginning and they continue to be at the table to drive the vision and the goals of the FirstNet organization. Excellent. And so, you know, I I know we touched upon a lot of this in the beginning, uh, you know, on the first podcast, but mission critical technology is so important. Obviously, after the 9-11 attacks, we realized that interoperability was one of the one of the greatest uh, fails uh, as far as operational successes and and how we were going to achieve those moving forward. And, you know, we look at these types of things and and if you look at it on the surface, you know, you think about interoperability, okay, can I communicate with a different agency or can I communicate with a different entity? But FirstNet and, you know, the FirstNet Authority that came together, it's the largest uh, private and public partnership that exists. And, you know, there's something that's so very robust about this that's just more than the actual, can I talk to a different agency or can we communicate on the same network? You know, Gary, maybe touch upon what else exists with this than just your everyday two-way type talking on the radio. Sure. And uh, thanks again for having us. Um, What is really um, unique, I guess, to the whole FirstNet program 
is that it's standards based. There's a, an international group, 3GPP, which is the three or it's the global. Uh, let me think real quick here. Um, uh, it's the uh, third generation partnership project, and and they write the standards for LTE internationally. Um, and prior to FirstNet being stood up, there was no mission critical um, portions to those standards. So, you know, everybody's aware of 3G, 4G, 5G. It's the next generation of the standard is what we're talking to and, and how those are built out. And there's three specific uh, products that I'd like to um, let talk to talk to you about so that the folks in EMS can get a better understanding of those. So the first is high-powered user equipment. Um, the next is uh, FirstNet push to talk, and then there's um, LMR to LTE integration. So, starting out with uh, high-powered user equipment, the FC, as as we talked last time, FirstNet has a a, a bandwidth called uh, band 14, and that's exclusive to FirstNet. Um, the FCC has allowed us on band 14 to increase the power outages by sixfold. Um, more than any other LTE device. So your standard cell phone works at, at a quarter watt. So these HPUE or, or high-powered user equipment, they work at 1.25 watts, which doesn't sound like a lot in the LMR world, but it's huge in, in the LTE world um, just because of the number of sites and towers. And think, think of it as the ability to extend a range. So that if, if you're marginally on the edge of a, a cell site, that extra uh, six times power out, output allows you to extend that range and have better coverage. Um, it's exclusively to, to the FirstNet program, um, and we currently have two devices that are um, certified to do that on FirstNet. And just by an aside, anything that's on the FirstNet network has to go through a vetting process. So it's, it's not like... Uh, Phil and, and Bob can develop a, a, a LTE device and, and it's on FirstNet. It has to be um, approved by the FCC. It has to be approved by AT&T. It has to be approved by NITS, which is the National Institute of Science and Technology. And then at last, it has to, to be approved by the, the FirstNet authority. So we have two of those devices and we're seeing a lot of good um, results out of that, both in rural areas um, and urban areas. In rural areas, as, as you can imagine, there's fewer site um, cell site towers. So by having um, the ability to extend the range, it really pushes out how far uh, practitioners can use band 14. In urban areas, um, think, think of any urban area that, that comes to mind and you have urban canyons. And all those buildings have a tendency to, to prevent and block uh, LTE signals. So by having uh, an enhanced uh, power outage or output with these HPU devices, you can, you, you can minimize the effect of urban canyons, so to speak. So and their, their current form factor are vehicle-mounted devices, and there's two. Um, you can look those up on firstnet.com. Um, there are devices that, that are there, or if you, uh, if you Google mega range, that's what AT&T has branded them as, is a mega range device. So, um, those are really, really, um, the, the 
really nice devices to help in to help EMS specifically. So if you're transmitting information to the hospital, you, you and, and you're in a marginal area, you can rest assured that that helps boost those signals further. Gary, how does it work? You know, you, we spoke about urban areas, and yeah, that that's the area that I'm partial to. And we've always had issues, um, you know, in in train stations, uh, subway stations, things like that. Does this maximize, you know, the the capabilities with respect to those types of areas? It does in, in specific tunnel areas. Um, you know, I'm, I'm from the Boston area, so you have the the, the subwater tunnels going to the airport. You really, I mean, it. It, it, it helps, but it doesn't fix the problem. You still need, you know, DASs and things like that in, in the tunnel. Um, but it, it certainly, um, it helps to, to create a stronger signal um, so that it's not going to, it's not going to fix everything, but it, it's, it's certainly a far step further than we have been in the past. And I would imagine that any bit of improvement is going to be better because, Truthfully, uh, you know, when we would run our exercises or even have real world events, it was just basically a dead zone. Uh, yes. You know, we turned into, you know, basic megaphones with our own voices yelling up, a, you know, a stairwell. Um, and that's something that obviously isn't effective and it certainly uh, is dangerous. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, as, as, as Tommy indicated back in the beginning, you know, I mean, that's where we get our start is where communication was impossible. Congress set up the FirstNet Authority and now us partnered with our at and um, colleagues to, to improve communications to make sure that that doesn't happen again. Tommy, I know you wanted to jump in on that. Yeah. And, and one of the things that we're looking at, Mike, we started this early this year is looking at in-building solutions. Uh, when you look at what FirstNet started out was to make sure that we had uh, LTE coverage uh, across the nation. And we've looked at that and the contract requires us to build out a certain amount within a specified amount of time. And we're about 97% completed with the outdoor build out. But recently this year, we started an initiative with the Safer Building Coalition to look at NFPA 1225, which talks about emergency communications. And that covers LMR inside of a building. And uh, what we've been partnering with Safer Coalitions on is to make sure that the same standard that covers or governs LMR requirements inside of a building, we're trying to get the standard to address LTE to bring band 14 into a building. So if an EMS worker or a firefighter police officer go inside of a building, and if they're on the first net um, network, if band 14 is in that building, if their radios don't work, they have their cell phones as a backup. And I can recall, and probably you can recall too, um, going to a patient's house um, and having to administer medication, but having to call the hospital before you can administer the medication to get permission from the doctor. And I can, can recall stepping outside of the house because didn't have good radio service or didn't have a good cell service inside the house or the apartment complex. And uh, if the in-building solution, if Band 14 is in buildings and that's become part of the requirements and the authority having jurisdiction has the discretion to accept that, then that's going to increase or improve communications for EMS workers as they go inside buildings because most of the work is done inside structures. Very interesting. And I, pardon my ignorance, but you know, for other listeners that may not um, understand this either, just explain what LMR is specifically. Uh, just the land mobile radios, uh, the radios that we all carry as first responders. 
Got you. Okay, I just wanted to make that clarification. So, you know, this is what we're talking about with the LMRs and the LTE, the LTE being more on the cellular side and, and basically trying to grapple between, you know, the old and the new and, and join them, you know, somewhere in the middle. Mike, that may be a nice segue into the LMR LTE integration that um, we have seen uh, moving forward rapidly in FirstNet. Yeah, let's talk about that, Gary, because I know, you know, we had spoken about that offline a little bit, and certainly that's something that is really important, um, you know, on an innovative side as we move forward in this, you know, technological uh, generation we're in. Yeah, and so, um, and again, LTE is the the cell phone or broadband side of the world, and LMR is the land mobile radio. And what we're seeing across the nation um, is various uh, localities merging the two. And there's really three types of technologies. One's real simple. It's called radio over IP. Um, you get a donor radio and uh, a Vox box, and you, you plug your donor radio into this Vox box and the Vox box into, uh, uh, you know, an Ethernet uh, cable that goes to the Internet, and, and you're in business. You're, you can literally um, work um, your L- – you can work uh, an LMR radio with a cell phone. Um, and it works beautifully. Um, you know, we have reports of, um, you know, folks being as far away as Alaska and being able to talk uh, LMR over LTE. Um, and think of it and, and think of all the, the things you can do with that. Right. It it extends your, your radio range. And so, for example, if you're in an area that has great LTE coverage, but not good LMR coverage, you've extended your radio with, with very little investment. Flip that over. If you have a place that has good LMR coverage and not good LTE coverage, you can still use it because, again, it, it you know extends that range. So, it, it, it the the benefits of of that is that you know you can you you can buy handsets from AT and T. They're relatively low cost. So, if you're not um, regularly going into environments that are I. IDLH that require, you know, the intrinsically safe types of um, um, radio devices, you can really save some cost and still have the functionality of a radio system. There's two other ways you can do it. And those, the next two ways are a little bit expensive. ISI, ISSI, excuse me, and, and CSSI, and those both involve hooking e- either into your radio console or radio network. Um, and the, the wild card, um, if I may, is just how much it, your your vendor, your radio vendor, will, will charge you to integrate those. And I don't have a good idea of that. But certainly what that does, though, is that gives you much more functionality. It, it nearly gives you the full functionality of, you know, talk groups and things like that um, right from your LTE device. It's really interesting because I'm seeing more and more of this, you know, throughout our industry. Uh, as we tap into those types of things that really expand the radio into the cellular. And and one of those things, and I think this is basically point three that you wanted to talk about, because I'm really interested about the push to talk option on FirstNet, because, you know, we had spoken about this earlier on as to how this was the thing, you know, 20 years ago, uh, where many operations and agencies were using this as their primary uh, source of communication. Then it went away. And now it's coming back. So talk to the, us a little bit about that. Sure. And the push to talk, what, what's important as a foundational this, to this discussion is what I talked about, the 3GPP standard before. Um, 
anything that happens on the first net network by congressional um, mandate has to be three GPP compliant. It can't be proprietary information. So, or, or a proprietary device. So we have um, some push to talk device or push to talk products that are becoming three GPP, three GPP compliant. Um, and what they are is, and you, you, you mentioned the old Nextel and, and indeed that wasn't, that was all proprietary. It wasn't three GPP compliant. So, but on the new devices, you can just bring the, the app up on your phone and, you know, either one to a lot or one to one, push the button and talk just like you would at a LMI radio today. Um, it has a pretty good, um, you know, form feature in, you can have Bluetooth devices, uh, and you know the folks at AT and T have really done a nice job partnering with the various uh, cell phone vendors that that have a pretty rich feature package with them. So you can really mimic what LMR looks like. But again, it, it provides you that that rich feature set. You can talk one to one, one to many. Um, in, in some of the devices that has location-based services so you can find out where they're at. Um, you know, what brings to mind is there was a, uh, one of our use cases is, is an EMS agency out of Denton, Texas, uh, Sacred Cross EMS. And they went all in with FirstNet, um, the LMR to LTE, um, as well as push to talk And they've extended their ranges, um, They've really reduced their dead spots, um, and it really has enhanced their overall operations. I know, Tommy, that you're relatively new to, to FirstNet. The question I have for you is, hearing all of this and, and what's out there and what's available now, do you see almost everything transitioning over to LTE and getting away from that LMR model as we move forward because of all of the different things that can be done on the, on the cellular side? Yeah, I think it's too early to say that, but I, but I know that the increase uh, dependence on LTE or cell phones and emergency services is only increasing. Um, I remember being a battalion chief back in the in early two thousands, or I think it was two thousand seven, two thousand eight, and uh, when I arrived on scene uh, as the incident commander, uh, Skype was would download an app that would allow us to video conference, and the second battalion chief when they arrive on scene. I sent them around to the back of the house to videotape so I could see what was going on as the incident commander back on the back side of the structure. And um, there have been times every fire department or every EMS department that I've worked with, uh, we've made sure that we have uh, cell phones in each one of the apparatus because there are times when communication is put over the network on the radio network that doesn't need to be on the radio network. And so having the ability or an option to be able to communicate without tying up the radio traffic is important. And as we look at the different metrics and the different things that we're doing in EMS, you know, uh, curve to balloon time, reducing that, um, all the different things that we transmit from the scene to the hospital, those things are very important. And having a reliable network and having the equipment to be able to do those things, there's only going to be an increase in dependency on those things. And so we need to make sure as a first net organization that we continue to move forward and that we continue to develop the market to make sure that we have the products available for EMS because it's about saving lives. And so I, I think it's too early to tell whether LTE will replace LMR and maybe in some organizations, uh, smaller organizations, that may happen. But I think it depends on 
you know, the, the market, it depends on the budget of the organization, whether or not they can afford the transition or if they're happy and the service is good where they are. I think the true takeaway here is the fact that you can get the best, uh, the best of both worlds um, and take the LMR and integrate right into the LTE. And I think that that basically is the best model because it, it, it works for just about everyone. And, you know, gents, you know, I want to thank you again for coming on because th- this is really important stuff. And certainly it's it, it might not be as easily uh, interpreted by everyone because it's technology. I know personally, and I say it all the time on the podcast, I am a technological idiot. But when I hear it in its simplest terms, it, you know, it really resonates with me. And, and certainly that's the hope is that the listener hears these things and understands what's what is out there and what is, you know, capable of making their lives much easier in the field. And, and because of that, I certainly want to thank FirstNet AT&T and certainly Gary and Tommy again for coming on and, and explaining these great things to us today. Thanks for having us. Yeah, Mike, and thank you very much. And just, you know, if, if folks who are listening um, want to hear more, there's um, the authority has public safety advisors in each of the 50 states and six territories. So if you go to firstnet.gov, um, you can look up who is your public safety advisor for your state or territory, and they'll be more than happy to help you um, with some of the technologies that we've spoken about. That's excellent. I certainly know that I will be doing that. And uh, again, gentlemen, I want to thank you for coming on. And I want to thank you for listening. Just a reminder, EMS Expo, beautiful, sunny Orlando, Florida, is October 10th to the 14th this year. The speakers are going to be really, really, really good this year. So make sure you uh, book it now and get yourself all set up. And thanks for listening. I'm Mike McCabe. Talk soon on another episode of EMS World Podcast. This has been an episode of EMS World Podcast. You can find this audio and more like it on the podcast page of emsworld.com. You can also follow EMS World on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. 